tonight let's just bow in prayer Heavenly Father as we're bowed in your presence here tonight we just are sensitive that the Holy Spirit is here and Lord if we would come in our own merits in our own righteousness no one could stand but Lord because there's been a perfect sacrifice because the Heavenly Father came down to this earth and became flesh and became a sacrifice and humbled himself in a way beyond any other because of the love you had for us. How couldn't we love you, Lord? Father, we're here tonight to honor you. We're here to respect you and to, to worship you. But we're also here to be changed, to be cleansed, we're here, Lord, in a perverse world where we need you. And we're asking, Lord, you'd feed us with the bread of life. Father, while we're standing here, there's needs that are here. I'm asking, Lord, that you'll remember everyone that's represented. Father, we're hearing other needs in the body. I pray you'll be with your people wherever they're gathered. Now I pray as we open the word that you will come and anoint it to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I uh, just received a note, uh, two notes actually. Uh, one in regards to the Malawi offering that's also available on the Tithely app. So if you do your offering, you can do it there. And I'm going to say this now. I, I had, I'd been just hearing this as I'd been coming up. I hadn't been able to verify it, but I just did now. We are just receiving word that Brother Ernie Villanueva has passed away. And uh, apparently he had cancer, and uh, we just had that verified here. And as I was just so, you want to remember his family, Brother Ernie did a lot for the kingdom of God. 
And we don't know what hour. So let's make much of this day that God has given us. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 24. Isaiah chapter 24. Let's just read a couple of verses here at the beginning. Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty and maketh it waste and turns it upside down and scatters abroad the inhabitants thereof. And it shall be as with the people, so with the priest. As with the people, so with the priest. As with the servant, so with his master. As with the maid, so with her mistress. As with the buyer, so with the seller. As with the lender, so with the borrower. As with the taker of usury, so with the giver of usury to him. The land shall be utterly emptied and utterly spoiled. For the Lord has spoken this word. The earth mourneth and fadeth away. The earth languisheth and fadeth away. The haughty people of the earth do languish. The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, and broken the everlasting covenant. We'll stop the reading there and we'll turn over to Malachi chapter 1. Malachi chapter 1. In starting to read in verse 1, we often turn to the book of Malachi in chapter 4. But Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament, the last prophet of the Old Testament up till the time of John. There was a 400-year gap. Malachi was also a prophet at the time of the restoration of the coming back from Babylon, and we've been spending some time on that, and I'll, I'll come back to this. I may need to lay a little bit of a foundation, but let's read The burden of Malachi, starting in verse 1, the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet you say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord? Yet I loved Jacob, and I hated Esau, and I laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Drop down to verse 6. A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is my honor? This is God speaking to his children. If I be a master, where is my fear, saith the Lord of hosts? Unto you, O priests, that despise my name. And you say, wherein have we despised thy name? You offer polluted bread upon mine altar, and you say, Wherein have we polluted thee? In that you say, The table of the Lord is contemptible. And if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee or accept your person? Saith the Lord, and now I pray thee, Beseech God that he will be gracious unto us. This hath been by your means. Will he regard your persons, saith the Lord of hosts. God bless his word. You may have your seats. I'm really taking the burden of Malachi, and if I'm going to give this a title and I need to move into it, like people, like priest. We have been speaking for a period of time on the last couple of services on the need 
for a prophet. In the uh, church age book, Brother Branham would speak about the conditions of the age, and this is in, also in the book of Revelations, I know your works, you're neither cold nor hot. And he said, because you're lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. So he's saying this Laodicean church age group is lukewarm. So he's speaking to the condition of the age. It's lukewarm. And as Malachi lived in a time of restoration, so we live in a time of restoration. But the spirit around the age is anything but the fervency of the original Ephesian age. It's completely different. So as Brother Branham was saying this, he's saying um, God, God can... Uh, he's, well, he, I've I, I got to stay focused to keep going. I, I want to correct your thinking, he said. This verse is not to an individual. It's given to the church. He's talking to the church. And, and he says, we are carried in his bosom. We are engraved in his pomp. Way back before, the, uh, before time, we were in his mind. We were a sheepfold, but we're never in his mouth. What is in the mouth of the Lord? The word is in his mouth. Amen. Now, I'm, I'm going to try to set a condition here. Brother Branham would talk about the spirit of God. I, I want to just, just maybe, I, I'm going to try and take my liberty and just speak it as, as God has it on my heart. And I, 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 we have more than anything the information regarding the prophet we have it in books we have it on devices we have it on tapes we have it in everything and we put it all on brother branham the man and we say that was the vessel that was him and and it's nice because we can put it in a box but really if we catch the spirit that was behind the man it was not just a man it was not just a gift it was Almighty God who came down in this last age and has spoken to us. And so if we receive it as his opinion, if we receive it as it was him and because of his background and because of this, we will fail to get the full effect of what God is desiring for us. And I don't just want to put it to, well, Brother Branham said, and, and then and jump off. But there's a spirit of God that reigned within that man that was a God, and we need to receive it that way. So Brother Branham says now, he's talking about the seven spirits to the seven churches. It's not seven spirits, but it's one spirit. He will always be and talk the same. The seven messengers have the same spirit. They teach the same word. They have the same power. And now he links it to the church. If the church is the true church, it will have the same spirit and word and acts of power they had at Pentecost. And I, 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 I could say much more here, but I'm, I'm just bringing the thought. is It wasn't just, and as Brother Brandon would put it in the message, it wasn't just the anointed clergy and a few laity trying to accept it, but it was one and the same. 
It was not just the man that was anointed. It was everyone that came that was anointed. That's what we're striving for. Not that, that one is higher than the other. The minister that's saved is in the same position as the woman that was saved off the street five minutes ago. The man is no different. The only thing different about a minister is he has a gift. He has a quality given him by God. But as far as the standing with God, he's actually actually just the same. So we need to be careful to give honor where honor is due. We respect the gifts, but we don't lift the gift up in the man. We don't lift up the man. We place the honor back to God. When I look at Brother Branham, I don't look at elevating him and putting him on a pedestal. I look at the God that's behind that man. When I come to church, I don't just look at the man and we give reverence to different gifts, but I say, oh God, speak to me. Lord, you move through that man today. Now, I want to read from Revelations 1 just to give a little credence to this. Um, I'm trying to move quickly because uh, I feel like I have some things that are on my heart. Now, this is John in, in, in verse 10 of Revelations 1. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a great voice as a trumpet. Now, just, just to save time from reading... But it says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. What you see, write in a book. Send it to the seven churches. Now, these churches had characteristics that were natural characteristics, but they also applied spiritually. And it's the same reason that we're taking some time on, on the restoration period. It had characteristics that were natural, but they carry over to the age, the final age that we're at. And so I, I want to just, just use that. So in verse 12, John said, I turned to see the voice. I always marveled at that. I didn't turn to hear the voice. I turned to see the voice. And he said, and I saw seven golden candlesticks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, one like to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, girded with a paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were as flame of fire. Who is the one that we're seeing? What is the focus on? It's the one in the middle of the seven golden candlesticks. That's where all the attention is. And, and yes, there is seven candlesticks. Yes, there is all of these things. And, 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 and he goes in verse 16, And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. His countenance was as the sun that shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he said unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Now, it doesn't stop there because we could say, well, John saw this one, John saw this. But this voice of authority now says this in verse 20. He says, well, in verse 19, write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the are the angels of the seven churches. The seven golden candlesticks are the seven churches. Now I'm going to move quickly when I do this. In every age, the, the voice that addresses is addressing the messenger of the age. But first, that voice establishes supreme authority. 
So let's just read. I'm going I'm to go through them quickly. Revelations 2 verse 1. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus. These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in the right hand that walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. So who is speaking to that messenger? The supreme one. The, the mighty one. The revealed one. And, and, you know, we live in such an age where we water down opinions. We need to, there's no voice like this voice. Now we jump to verse 8. And unto the angel of the church in Smyria, write these things, saith, The first and the last which was dead and is alive. Again, establishing his preeminence. Now we drop down to verse 12. And the angel of the church of per- per- Pergamos write, These things saith he which hath the sharp, sharp sword with two edges. So he's actually repeating everything that John saw in chapter 1. He's reaffirming it to that age. Yeah. Now we would go to, to uh, verse 18. And unto the angel in the church of Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, which hath his eyes unto the flame of fire, and his feet that are like fine brass. Again, reaffirming this, now drop down to chapter 3, verse 1. Unto the angel in the church of Sardis, these things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God, and the seven stars. So he's again reaffirming himself. Down to verse 7. To the angel in the church of Philadelphia. These things saith he that is holy. He that is true. He that hath the key of David. He that openeth and no man shutteth. And shutteth and no man openeth. So he's reaffirming it right down to the last age. These things in verse 14. Unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. Write. These things saith the amen. The faithful and true witness the beginning of the creation of God. Now he actually pulls out of there um, in, in the last two ages, he pulls something that's not been reaffirmed, but he's going further. He's identifying his preeminence further. Okay, I, I, I felt like I needed to get that. So Brother Branham comments on the prophet or the messengers. And he says, these seven stars, he is holding them. You know right away if they're held in his hand, they are associated with power. That is what the hand signifies. It signifies the power of God, the authority of God. Not one of them came in his own power and authority. That's what Paul said. It takes the authority of God and the power of the Holy Ghost. These men were empowered by the Holy Ghost. They all stood up to the world. They could, they could do that. They were full of God. They were sent or authorized by God and not by self or any other man. What kind of a man would dare to give an opinion on somebody like that that God has sent? Whether you're part of a five-fold ministry, you have no right to question the authority of the messenger. Why? Because... I needed that. You needed that. We all needed that. That was what God sent to us. So he says, these messengers were in his hand. God identifying, granting them his power. Now I'm I'm, I'm getting down to this. It is not enough that we see him associated with the whole church when he was standing among the seven golden lampstands. Nor is enough 
that we see the fivefold ministry of Ephesians 4. Apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors. Now listen to this. This is important. For in each age, the church goes astray. And it is not just the laity, but the clergy group as well. Shepherds are wrong as well as sheep. I needed a prophet. I needed to be washed. I needed to be cleansed. There is nothing that I can say that would be above what God has done. And I say this, the fivefold ministry is not infallible. But the word of God is infallible. The prophet, the man, even, even all the prophets had, had issues. Moses had a temper. Abraham lied. Different ones said this. But the word that God sent through them was the infallible word of God. So we're trusting not in men. We're not trusting in their recollection of events and things. We're trusting in the God who has identified himself with these men. We need to focus on this more than any, any time. Blank out all the other words. Blank out all the other things that would undermine things. He says, now, shepherds were wrong as well as sheep. God brings himself on the scene as the chief shepherd in the ministry of these seven men to lead his people back to truth and the abundant power of his truth. Thank God for the word that was sent. Let's go to Exodus chapter 30. Exodus chapter 30. There's a principle that God establishes here. And it's the prophet that comes. But it's then the priesthood that comes behind the prophet. Brother Harold, I, I wish I could have you come and speak this in two services like I've seen you done. I'm just going to take five minutes. But I just want to establish a principle and move to the next thing. So now in Exodus chapter 30 verse 17. Now we, we find that. Here's the, the beginning of the ordinance of the temple. But the first thing now, God says as he sets up the ministry, and he says in verse 17, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Thou shalt make a laver of brass, his foot also of brass, to wash withal. Thou shalt put it between the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar, and you shall put water therein. For Aaron and his son shall wash their hands and their feet therein. That when they go into the tabernacle of the congregation, they shall wash with water that they die not. Or when they come near to the altar to minister to burn offering made by fire, so shall they wash their hands and their feet that they die not. Now what is this? That is to, to cleanse themselves from all of their own thoughts, their own ideas, all of this, and to be washed by the water that God had ordained through the prophet Moses. They had to be washed in this place, it says, and it shall be a statue forever to them, even to him and his seed throughout their generation. So God ordained that the prophet was above all, the word prophet to a generation. Not a prophetic gift, not a minor prophet, not a gift of prophecy, but a word prophet, somebody that God ordained. The ministry needed to be washed, to be cleansed by that. That was God's order. It's still God's order. That's our protection. When we repeat what Brother Branham said, it is for your benefit and for our benefit. It's not our thinking. It's what God said. But we need to be washed. 
And I say this, if we're a minister or we have a call, it's not based on some other gift that's out there. It needs to come subject to the message of the hour. It needs to be under that. When you see somebody rise up in the message and they have a particular slant or a particular vein that they want and I've got this gift and I'll be this to the bride and I'll just say this, there's something wrong with that. Somebody's trying for a little bit too much attention to themselves. I'd rather put the attention back on the Word. I'd rather establish the Word because it's got to be not just on the minister but on the laity. That's our goal. <laughs> our goal is to get out of a job. It's to, that we don't have to preach that we can all be in heaven when we all get to heaven. So he says, this shall be a statue to them, even to them, and his seed throughout all generations. Now I'm going to read one more. And, uh, and, and, and Brother Branham, after he says the, the clergy and the laity, they all go astray. Okay, I didn't. Okay, he, he talked about a God-given pattern. I didn't, I didn't do this. Let me read this part. He is in the messenger... And he would have the fullness of God of those that would follow the messenger or as a messenger is a follower of the Lord by his word. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Now the pattern that God had, there was people that were faithfully taught. They would take the message and they would go out with that message. That was a pattern that God established. I'm not going to have time to read all the scriptures. You, you, could, you can read in Numbers chapter 28 where, where, where um, sorry, Numbers 27, verses 15 to, to 23, where Moses is told by God to give a charge to Aaron, to Eliezer, the priesthood, and he says, they'll go out, I'll put some of my spirit upon them, and they'll go out with me. So there's, a, there's an order of God that goes out, but it's all subject to the prophet. Now, the last, and, and, and really here's, here's where I want to come to, is... And there's an authority, and, and under Paul, under all the messengers, there, the, Paul was the first of, of many to come. I'm going to come back to it, but Galatians, and it was established. But the messenger can only be received by those that were ordained to life in that age. And in fact, Brother Branham would, would have characteristics that would offend a lot of clergy. He would have a background that they couldn't accept. But the simple ones, the, why, the, 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 the ones, the simple people heard him gladly, just like it was in Jesus' time. So God ordained it that way. In fact, Brother Branham would say how it paralleled Jesus in his ministry. There was many crowds that followed the miracles, that followed everything. And then when it, when it came down to the word, and there were 70 that followed them. And, and then Jesus said, there's still too many following. And he had some hard sayings. And they said, this is a hard saying. Who can receive it? And many walked away. And we're seeing the same patterns unfold. Because we're not called and attracted by just signs and wonders. We're not, but something inside of us, and we're not just following a man. We're following the Lord Jesus Christ, who has revealed himself to our hearts and our souls. And it's our lifeline in this last day. The word that we feed on, that we receive on. So... But the age has become so weak. And as I said, the characteristics that were identified in Malachi. Now, let me, let me just slow down for a moment. We, we live in an age where 
And if I just give a comment on the age, Google is at everybody's disposal. Everybody will use Google and give an opinion as though it's their own. Uh, people will, 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 will give opinions on, on things, and it's become very prevalent to give commentary on different things. You, you, can, you can take many, many different uh, aspects of this, and, and I, I won't have time to get. But Brother Branham now relates it in, 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 in when God told him to pick up the pen and write. And he, and he starts out by saying, The bride do only his will. They have thus saith the Lord, or they keep still. They know it has to be God in them doing the works. And so they, they know he will fulfill through the bride a certain work for this time. So he said, let us stand like Joshua and Caleb. And Josh, Joshua is Jehovah's Savior. He represents the end time leader. Caleb represents those that stayed true to Joshua. So the last day church, God did not move Israel into the promised land until it was his appointed time. Now watch one of the conditions. Now the people might have put pressure on Joshua, the leader, saying, the land is ours, let's go take it. Joshua, you are all through. You have lost your commission. You don't have the power you used to have. You used to hear from God. You used to know the will of God and act quickly. Something is wrong with you. Now, Brother Branham actually says, God placed the full leadership in Joshua's hands because he stayed with the word. He could trust Joshua. But he says, so will it repeat in this end time. The same problem, the same pressures. Where do the pressures come from? They come from the people, the laity. Well, we, we need to see something happen. We need to see something happen in our church. Let's manufacture something. Let's go out and do something. Let's do this. No, we need to, above all, stay true to God, stay true to his word. We can't manufacture things. We only follow the word, and signs follow the word. Now, I'm, I'm going to make some, some comments because we're seeing in this age tremendous movements, and I, I, I trust you can see it. We, we had, in, in the last few years, what's called the Me Too movement. A tremendous uprising amongst those who felt they, they were abused and they had a voice and they could come up and they could say, Me Too. And it became so overwhelming that the minute they said something, whether it was verified or not, the person was vilified. And it was a groundswell of laity, of people's movement. We're now seeing what they call the BLM, the Black Lives Matter movement. And that's become so far that, that everybody is a victim. And, 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 and everybody, and, and now it's a great groundswell. And I'm hearing, okay, they're going to have now Academy Awards just for the black people. They're going to have this for this. They're gonna, and, and somebody's rewriting history because there's too many white people in, in history. Well, you can't change the facts. There was more white people to start here than the black came after. There's no, there's no discrimination. That's just facts. And we're not against anybody. I say all lives matter. I say white lives matter and, and everybody's lives matter. I'm not against one or the other, but I'm saying you're seeing a groundswell, and I've even watched believers jump on the bandwagon of these things and not even knowing what's behind it because it's a great groundswell among the people, and it's putting pressure on, on leaders to follow. 
I, I don't know how many more tearful apologies I can stand of our prime minister. Well, you know, you know, oh, the Japanese, they, they, they suffered this. And, you know, and, and yet the only ones, I, I, listen, our forefathers came here and they worked and they, they, they suffered discrimination. They didn't know the language. Pretty soon everybody's going to be a victim. But it's putting pressure to do things upon the leaders. And then, you know, it, it's, it's when Brother Branham called it the age of people's rights, that's, that's what's showing up like never before. So it's a groundswell. It's a pressure. There's great movements. I, 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 I just about heard enough and, on it. And then the other day, some Hollywood star or something, I just happened to pass. She was upset because the dog that she bought was demanding too much attention and always slept in her bed and she couldn't sleep because the dog was there and she had to go sleep in another room. I thought, it's a dog. Build a dog house for it. But no, they cater to the dog. Listen, there's something wrong with people. Something is wrong. They're getting caught up by spirits they don't even realize. And I say this, we need to keep the Holy Spirit clean in this church. We don't need to bring politics into it. We don't need to bring other movements into it. We're bound by one spirit, the Holy Spirit. And we want to be affected by that spirit. Now, I, 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 I'm going to move a little further with this. Ask you to turn to Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs 29. Where are you getting all this from, Brother Ed? From the Bible. From the message. Proverbs 29, verse 2. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. When the wicked bear rule, the people mourn. Now, there's a good principle. If you have a godly leader, that ought to give you something to rally behind, to stand behind. But if you've got somebody that's got other agendas, well, other agendas like what? Okay, let's, let's just go to verse 4. The king by judgment establishes the land, but he that receiveth gifts overthrow it. Now, I'll, I'll use politics for a moment, but, you know, when you find all kind of lobbyists and special interest groups coming to the government and offering them things, all of a sudden their judgment becomes converted, becomes perverted. How we need to stay pure of that, all of those things. Now this is a spirit of the age. Don't think because it's out there we're immune. We need to be washed by the water of the word. Drop down to verse 12. If a ruler hearken to lies, all his servants are wicked. The poor and the deceitful man meet together. The Lord lighteneth both their eyes. The king that faithfully judgeth the poor, his throne will be established forever. How we, would, we want godly rulers. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 3. Isaiah chapter 3. We're using some scriptures to establish principles. Isaiah chapter 3, and you know, spirits don't die. Spirits are around us. The word of God exposes them. And let's, let's read here. For behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, does take away from Jerusalem and from Judah 
the stay and the staff, the whole stay of bread and the whole stay of water, the mighty man, the man of war, the judge, the prophet, the prudent, and the ancient, the captain of 50, and the honorable man, and the counselor, and the cunning artificer, and the eloquent or- orator. So God says, I'm going to take all of this away from you. So it's not just the mighty man, the, the man of war, the judge, the prophet, but it's, it's all these other things that contribute to the well-being of the kingdom of God. And it's what, what causes that? When the people's heart get turned, get turned to worldly things, when they get turned to worldly ways and worldly ideas. So, so now, here, here's what happens when they do that. That gets taken away, and God gives them a spirit of delusion. And he says this in verse 4. And I will give children to be their princes. I, I, don't, I can't say what I think about some of our leaders right now. And babes shall rule over them. Since when does a drama teacher entitle you to be the leader of a nation? That's all I'm going to say. And the people shall be oppressed, every one by another, and every one by his neighbor, and the child that behaves himself proudly against the ancient, and against the, and the base against the honorable. So the principles that have been there for years, now it's changing the thinking of a whole generation. Friends, we're watching the world around us change. We're watching the thinking of people changing. I'll make a statement here, and if you're listening and you're just a first-timer, don't be offended. But this is what our prophet said. When they gave the women the right to vote, that's what elected a man like Kennedy. Listen, when our prime minister wants to bring the minimum age for voting down to 16, what's that for? Because they're voting for a man with good looks, with a nice smile, with a nice hairdo, with these things. They're not voting for principle anymore. They're voting for their, they've been turned to something else. And I'm saying, that's in the world around us. And I say we need to guard against it in our discussion, in our thinking, and don't let those things creep in amongst us. So he says, I was in the middle of this, and okay, when a man, verse 6, when a man shall take a hold of his brother of the house of his father, saying, Thou hast clothing, you got nice clothes, be our ruler. Since when was that a qualification for a leader? What elects the leaders? It's the weakness of the people. Now I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this down to our level more and more all the time. And he says, let this ruin be under our hand. Let's, let's just go down to verse 12. As for my people, children are their oppressors and women rule over them. I, I, I just said, listen to a service, and I wish I could bring it. But the whole spirit of this age is for women to take jobs, positions that they're not qualified for. They might be qualified as far as schooling, but their makeup that God gave them, their characteristics that God gave to them to serve the kingdom of God, they start to move out of their place. And I'll say this, this may be old-fashioned, old-school teaching, but the best place for a mother is still in the home. The best 
one that God could give those children was the mother that stays at home. But there's pressure to go out. And sometimes, if it's financial, you can work around that. But if the pressure is internal, I want to be like the others. That's a wrong pressure. I may not be popular for saying this today, but it's the truth. It's the truth anyhow. When you see women that are judges of the land, when you see the United States, they, you know, we rejoice because it was a right-wing judge, but it was still a woman, and she was a Catholic. And she's going to ultimately sway a decision somewhere. This is in the United States, by the way. So in case the kidding government comes calling, I wasn't talking about our government. But I said enough things that get me in trouble anyway. So the whole, the whole point is, a woman is not meant to have an iron disposition. A woman is not meant to be in a position of authority. I, I, when I was walking last year and, and, and trying to stay fit and get some exercise, I walked around the mall. And, and I'd walk after hours because then I didn't have to put up with all the crowds and the shoppers and things. So I'd, I'd take a loop around the wall. I'd walk up the escalators the wrong way because it's, it's better exercise for you. I, I'd do all of these things and walk around. And then when the rules changed... I got stopped by security guards once, once in a while. I, 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 security guards walked past me. I got stopped three times. Three times I got stopped by a woman's security guard. Men just walked right past me. Oh, that's a guy out for a walk. But a woman, I, listen, I'm sorry if you're here and you were that security guard. I, I think they were trying to exercise their power. They weren't comfortable, so they had to do something to justify it. My, oh my, I'm getting personal now, aren't I? Okay, it's the truth anyhow. That's the word that we're under. We believe the word. We're not moved with the pressure of the age. We're under a prophetic word from God. And we're going to be overcomers. So, as for my children, my people, children are their oppressors. Women rule over them. Oh, my people, they which lead thee cause thee to err. And destroy the way of thy paths. Now, if this hit you or bit you a little bit, sit under the message and pray to God and ask Him, what's in my heart regarding these things? Because if your desire is to be a career woman rather than a, a mother or a wife, fine. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you can't be that. God, God has a place for everybody. But I'm saying when you have the opportunity to fulfill what God has, would you not want to take that? Okay, enough said. You're getting into enough trouble. Judges chapter 8. I'm laying some principles. Judges chapter 8. So this is, last week, Brother Moses was speaking on Gideon. Let's go to Judges chapter 8, verse 33. This is after Gideon dies. And it came to pass, as soon as Gideon was dead, that the children of Israel turned again and went a-whoring after Balaam. Now, Gideon was a righteous judge. What was the time of the judges? When every man did what was right in his own eyes. I feel like we're in the same time. And I feel that spirit comes into the message where I'll take the part of the message that satisfies me because it's right in my eyes, according to my thinking. Rather than laying before the message, change me, Lord. Let me receive all of it. Let me take it all on me. So it came to pass, as soon as Gideon was dead, that the children of Israel turned again. They went to whoring after Balaam. 
Verse 34, and the children of Israel remembered not the Lord their God who delivered them out of the hands of all their enemies. Neither showed they kindness to the house of Jerubbabel, namely Gideon, according to all the goodness that he'd showed Israel. We had a prophetic voice. Now it's been almost 60 years since that voice has has gone off the scene. And I feel that there's a laxness that's come in. And I feel sometimes we need to stand up for it and say, this is the voice we're under. Let's not let history repeat itself. Now in chapter 9, verse 1, and then Abimelech, the son of Jerubbabel, which was one of Gideon's sons now. Gideon was the one God sent. Now this is one of one of Gideon's sons, and he comes, and I'll, I'll just tell the story. He speaks to them in verse 1, all the family of the house of his mother's father, saying, come, you men of Sheshem, come, you sons of Jerubal, which are three score and ten, seventy people. You know, reign, which, which are three, reign over you, or is there one that reigns over you? Remember that I am also your bone and your flesh. So he had a motive in gathering them together. I, I'm going to just say something. You listen to the last Five or six messages Brother Branham spoke as he went off the scene. Doing God a service without his will. You know, modern events made clear by prophecy. But he talks about rightly dividing the word of truth. He talks about David's motives and objectives. And he says, even though David was anointed, even though there was something on him, David's motives were not right. And he's talking that to this age as he's going off the scene. Because there'll be men among you that will come in and take this word and they'll use it for their own gain. So we've been given this word to rightly discern what's going on. I say this, be simple, be humble. I've been disappointed. I've disappointed myself sometimes. And I, and, I, and I say, oh God, help us. And I was just writing a couple of minister brothers on, on, on something here the other day, and we were talking about a brother that we all loved, and, and he's just taken some opinions and going his way. And we were just sharing this comment, and we all feel like, I don't want to enter into that channel. And we shared this quote. And we said, if we see something wrong in our brethren, let's pray, keep it before God, love that man until we bring him right into the presence of God. That's the way, really the way to do it. You're never going to win anything by reasoning or arguing or fighting. Very few people will, will be changed unless the heart is right and God can speak to them. I think we're learning to lean more and more on what God is doing. I don't have the strength, but Lord, I'm tapped into something behind with there's all power. So here, here's this story. Gideon gets all these people together. And, and what did I read here? So verse 3, and he said, and his mother's brethren, they, they, they spoke and their hearts were inclined to follow Abimelech. They said, he's our brother. He spoke nice words to us. Verse 5, and he went unto his father's house at Oprah and slew his brethren, the sons of Jerubel, all 70 people. He slew them all. What was his motive in rising up? And now he says, notwithstanding the youngest, Jotham, the youngest son of Gideon, Jerubel was left, for he hid himself. Now this young son comes up. And he gives a nice little story. He tells this story in the ears of Abimelech. He says, 
In, verse, in, in chapter 7, And when they told Jotham, he went and stood in the top of Mount Gerizim, and he lifted up his voice, and he cried, and he says, Hearken to me, you men of Sheshem, that the Lord, that God may hearken to you. And he tells this story. The trees went forth on, ta- on a time to anoint a king over them. And they said to the olive tree, Come and reign over us. And this was an olive tree. This is a tree to be desired. And the olive tree said, Why should I leave my fatness? Whereby me they honor God and man and go to be promoted over the trees. I'll tell you what. This is a, a man or a tree that knows his place. We all need to know our place. Sometimes we follow too much of what's around us looking at somebody else. You know one thing I appreciate about Brother Neville? And, and, and Brother Neville, he felt it wasn't his duty to go all around the country. He said, no, God told me to stay here at this tabernacle. And you know what? God bless him for that. He was a shepherd over the sheep. I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not putting a heavy on anybody. But, but he was honest to what God laid on his heart. So he says, the olive tree said, why should I leave my fatness whereby me they honor God and man and go pr- be promoted over the other trees? That's not my goal. I'm here just to serve God. So then the tree said to the fig tree, verse 10, come and reign over us. And the fig tree said, should I forsake my sweetness and my good fruit and be promoted over the other trees? And the tree said to the vine, come thou. So the fig tree didn't do it. You know, it's, it's going to lesser quality all the time here. And then the tree said to the vine, come and reign over us. And the vine said, should I leave my wine and, and which cheers God and man and be promoted over the other trees? Listen, I, I forget the message, but Brother Man says it, it was where Jesus was tempted with three things. He says, watch the supernatural offer. Because Balaam was tempted by the offer of money, of prestige, of fame. Even though he was anointed as a, as, as a prophet, same spirit that was on Moses. And, and he said some prophetic words. But his motive and objective was wrong. My, how's the time moving on me here? And he says, then said all the trees, verse 14, unto the bramble. The bramble is a bush. It's a weed. It's stickly. It's prickly. And the bramble said unto the trees, if in truth you anoint me to be king over thee, then come and put your trust in my shadow. And if not, let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. So now he's telling him the story. He says, you've let Jotham, the youngest son, he says, you've let Abimelech come. And he's liking him to a bramble bush of low quality, nothing to offer, but I'll be the king. That's exactly where we're at today. That's exactly where the world is at today. Where have all the leaders gone? I say, let it not be among us. Let it be, Lord, whoever you choose to serve your purpose, let it be that that's what I'm going to follow, O oh Lord. Because I'm not here to trust in man. I'm not here to look at how they dress and how they act and, and how the clothes are. I want God to lead us. Okay, I'm, I'm, i I got to keep moving. Hosea chapter... One, just quickly, and then we'll go to Hosea chapter 4. I'm going to skip Romans chapter 13. You can read it where it says, Let every spirit be subject to the higher powers. And, and there's no power but the powers that be ordained of God. And it goes right down into the local ministry. It goes right down into all of that. And Brother Bannon would actually say, There's no higher in a lo- order in a local church than an elder. There's no higher order. That's, that's a, for another day. But anyway, Hosea chapter 1. Now, 
I won't read really from, from chapter 1, but I, I will. Hosea is right after the book of Daniel. Hosea is a unique prophet because he is told by God to go and take uh, uh, a, a whore for a wife. And he has two children, and, and there's names given to the children. You can read this after in chapter 1 up to verse 9. But now Hosea chapter 4, if we go to this. Hosea chapter 4. Verse 1, hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel, for the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land because there's no truth, no mercy, no knowledge of God in the land, but swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out and blood touches blood. Therefore shall the land mourn and everyone that dwells thereon shall languish, the beasts of the field, the fowls of the heaven, the fish of the sea. Verse 4, let no man strive nor reprove another for the people are as they that strive with the priests. Now, who is, who is putting the expectation for what they want to hear? The people. Now, we've often taken Nicolaitanism saying it's a leader that oppresses everybody. But it works both ways. And I'm saying, you see the spirit that's in the land. Oh, the people said do this. And before long, the minister is doing things to please the people. Oh, let's take a vote. What do the people say? You know, I, I think you'll get more votes if you do this decision instead of this decision. And we take God out of the equation. Let's never use our ideas to change something God wants to do. Let's all be subject to one spirit, minister, laity alike. Let's be subject to God. Let's pray for the will of God. Let's not pray for our own way. Let's not pray that we can get a groundswell. I'll talk to this person. You talk to that person. We'll lobby so-and-so and we'll do this and this. No, let that not be. Pray, pray, pray that God has his way. Now, he says, the people are they that strive with the priests. Therefore, shalt thou fall in that day, and the prophet also shall fall with thee in the night, and I will destroy thy mother. Now, let's just take verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing, now he's addressing the priest, Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget your children. Now, who's this for? This is for every one of us. Myself, every minister here, everyone that is under the call of God in this hour. To what? Remain true to what God has fixed in our hearts. I, I, I say sometimes it's too easy we have youth that have grown up. Well, this is what other young people do. I think we ought to be fathers and mothers and say, this is the conviction God gave me in my house. This is the, what I'd like to do. Well, so-and-so can stay out that long. Well, but that's not what I feel to do. Why do we have to defer to the, the least common denominator? Why don't we raise the standard sometimes? Why don't we let... Let it, let it be risen in our homes based on personal conviction. I, I, I'll, I'll say something personally. I felt a, a need in my heart. It's about the time our children got cell phones. I felt they shouldn't have them in their rooms at night. That's kind of an archaic thing, Brother Ed. Yeah, it is if you're part of the world. Not if you're a Christian. 
I think if God laid it on your heart, do it. Sorry if that, I'm not getting a lot of amens on this part, but that's okay. And listen, we're really all kings and priests. Now, I will also forget, as they are increased, verse 7, so they are sinned against me, therefore I would change their glory into shame. They eat up the sin of my people, they set their heart in iniquity. Now, he's talking about the priesthood that have been swayed and they're doing things. Verse 9, and there shall be like people, like priest. Wow. I say, oh God, this is a warning for all of us. Let it not be what I think or what I say, but let us be completely sold out to the will of God. I will punish them for their ways and reward them for the doings. They shall, not, they shall eat and not have enough. They shall commit whoredom. They shall not increase because they've left off to take the heed to the Lord. Let's go back to Malachi chapter 1. This will... I really didn't get to everything, but there's a part of this as I was studying it that that I want to take on Sunday, so this will be okay just to leave it at this point today. Malachi chapter 1. Now let's go back to verse 6. A son honoreth his father, a servant his master. If then I be your father, where is mine honor? Now this this is the prophet speaking, but he's speaking as God, as a father to his people. If I be your father... Where is my honor? If I be your master, where is my fear? And then he addresses the priest. Oh, priests that despise my name. He said, what do you mean we despise your name? Where have we polluted? You offered polluted bread on mine altar. You didn't give the pure word anymore. You started to listen to the voices among you. Now, this is to the priesthood. In every age, laity and priesthood go astray. What is the priest subject to? The voice of the prophet as God speaks to him. Men make mistakes. Priests make mistakes. But the word of God is not, is is infallible. That's the only thing. Do we always have the right judgment? No, we don't. But we're willing to lay it down and say, Lord, I stand to be corrected. I'm willing, O oh Lord, to line up again. Lord, I see, and I'll say this, we all have seasons. Sometimes we feel like we're not close to God, we're out here, we're not close, but then God brings us back in. Oh, I love that when he does it. I love it when God brings a minister in. Listen, Brother Max, I was reminded of your service at the beginning of the year about unpacking for the journey. And I said, we carry so much baggage of our thoughts. I feel like I need to dump a lot of things. I need to be more focused on what God is saying. I need to be more in tune with the Holy Spirit so when He speaks to me, I can be moved. More so if you're a leader, if you're a husband, if you're a father, if you're a minister, if you're a pastor. Those things, you need to be very in tune with God. Brother Ed, you're preaching to yourself. Absolutely. And he says, Wherein have we polluted it? And you say that the table of the Lord is contemptible. Now you offer the blind for a sacrifice. Is it not evil? Now, let me, let me take this a step further. Because in, sec, in 1 Peter chapter 2, it says, We are all kings and priests. And it talks about an attitude about how we approach God. 
Now I'm going to say this to myself. How do I approach studying for a service? But I want to put it back on the rest of you kings and priests. Our, our righteousness will not be acceptable before God. But our attitude with how we handle the things of God will be. Now, in this time, there was a... God had made a way that there could be a lamb, and the lamb would speak for you. And so what you were to do is to take a lamb without blemish and bring the best land, something that actually you could deeply feel it's a part of. But over time, that's a good lamb. I could get so many shekels for that at the market. Let me take this one that's slightly more diseased and let me offer this to God instead. Now, this, this, this is the part that I, I'm going to... I don't want to get into all of Sunday because I don't want to make it rules and regulations and that's what I'm going to go to. But how often have we come to church... Okay, I gotta go shopping. I gotta do this. I gotta go to church. I gotta do that. And and we just check it all off. Have we really offered to God an acceptable sacrifice? Have we really given the one who died for us everything we ought to? Or have we just let it become routine? And 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 listen, this is where Israel got to. It began to be a stench in the eyes of Jehovah. And he says, You, you. Your sacrifice, you offer the blind. Is it not evil? If you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Now he, he gives him a parallel. Now, if you're going to go meet the mayor of the city tonight, and you're going to put on you know, your best clothes and your best attitude, and you're going to think about what you're going to do, you're going to take time to prepare. But you come to my house like, oh, it's casual. I'll just drop in. This is the word of God. Friends, I get... I, I, I hate my flesh. My flesh stinks to me sometimes. And I, I got to pick myself up by the spirit that dwells in me and pick myself up and say, no, I'm going to church. I, I, Lord willing, I'll take a Wednesday one time and speak on a pattern of good works and how if you establish a pattern of good works, it'll get your thoughts right. It'll get your sacrifice right. It'll get your attitude right. We live in an undisciplined age. Laodicea's undisciplined. But let's establish a good pattern. What is a good pattern? I'm going to be there a little earlier, or I'm going to be praying earlier, or I'm going to be doing something to make a difference in the service. I'm not going to offer just anything anymore. Let's just go a little further. Now, I pray you, he says in verse 9, beseech God that he will be gracious unto this who, who hath been by your means. Will he regard your persons? Who is there, in verse 10, among you that should shut the doors for naught? Neither do you kindle fire on my altar for naught. I have no pleasure in you, saying to the Lord of hosts, neither will I accept an offering from your, at your hand. I'm going to ask this question. If you had to say, Lord, here is my sacrifice tonight. Here's my sacrifice. And if, if, if I hit you on a night when you're working, I'm sorry. But just take this in your life. Here's my sacrifice to you today, Lord. I'm tired. Good night. Go to sleep. Is, is that what God is worthy of? I'm saying, I'm not saying this out of uh, condemnation, but I'm saying this. If you love God, would you not want to give him your best? Okay. So uh, let's, let's stop there. We're going to have the musicians come. There's a whole other part, and it's not about what you have to do. It's about what you want to do.
And I'd like to touch on that on Sunday. So you pray for that. I, I just pray that the Spirit of the Lord lifts us up a little higher. Do you love Him tonight? Let's stand together. God bless you all for pulling on the Word, for being attentive. I, I, again, I'm, I'm not going to apologize for anything I said because it spoke to me, spoke to all of us. And, and we want to just say, you know, we want more of God, don't we? Amen. So let's, let's sing a couple of choruses. Learning to lean, learning to lean. Learning to lean, I'm learning to lean, I'm learning to lean on Jesus.
that slowly to him. Think about these words. Think about the service and what the Lord spoke to you. anymore. Now it's not the church anymore. Now it's you and God and what he spoke to you. And if you feel like there was just a little tug, maybe you felt like it hit me, the word touched me, it, 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 it corrected me, but in the same time it's also calling me a little higher. It's the goodness of God that corrects us. He doesn't want you to be like the world. He doesn't want you to have the attitudes of the world. We're under a messenger. We're under an order that God has ordained. And we want to give him first place. We want to give him first place in our lives. He's a gentle one. He'll take whatever place you give him. But if you really love him, and if you could see yourself tonight, and you just want to be, say, Lord, I needed to hear that, and I want to live a little higher. Every eye closed. If you want to put that just between you and God, why don't we pray tonight? Heavenly Father, we ministered your word. And Father, I felt that I needed this as much as anyone. But Lord, it's you that's in our midst. It's you that sent the messenger. It's you that corrects us. The priest needs correction. The people need correction. Oh Lord, thank you for it. Wash us, Lord, from the filth of the daughter of Zion. Wash us from all these things. May we lay in your presence. May we not try to reason them out, but may we just give our heart to you, O oh Lord. Father, our hearts are open to you tonight. I pray that you'd remember every head of home. I pray you'd remember every minister. Remember Brother Harold, myself. Lord, I pray that you could take a greater place in our services. When we come, if we come in a little more consecration, bringing a good lamb, not a blind lamb, but setting something aside that actually costs us to show you how much we love you. Lord, we could never outdo what you did for us, but Lord, we want to honor you and respect you. I pray though, Lord, the word would not return void but it would bring forth fruit back unto you. Cause us to be a better people. 
Grant it, Lord. We now commit ourselves to you as we'll be dismissed shortly. I pray you'd, your spirit would linger among us in this sanctuary, in our homes, in our automobiles, wherever we go. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. More of you, more of you. More of you. I love it when his word comes right down to where I need a little cutting away, a little excess flesh. He just circumcises some things. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, he's wonderful. Well, let's just change the order. We'll be dismissed with this song. Are you washed by the water of the word? Is that okay? You, yeah. can, you can do that one? You can do that one. Okay. Do you, you know, know what it is? Not to have one guilty feeling, not to wonder where you're going.